done, you're going to be happy as fuck. Yeah. I mean, since I can't fully finish it off, it's not going to cost as much as I could pump into it, <laughs> which yeah, I'm fine true. with. Very, very true. Don't want to break code because then it affects taxes and selling it if I ever want to and all kinds of nonsense. That's true. Oh, we're rolling, huh? We're rolling. We are rolling live. And so far, it looks like it's just a duo tonight. So, but uh, you got your boy, Senor Santa Poco Sturdy, and Dusty Bottoms over there. Dusty Bottoms here. And uh, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're picking it. We actually got a special guest with us tonight. Slide over some Lilith. There she is. It's Lilith. Oh. We're here chilling. I mean, it just fits. Like, It does. It's Bruiser from Legally Blonde, was, uh, was the Chihuahua. Yes. And then, I mean, the movie. And of course, uh, Lilith is the name. Goes uh, full on with your costume here. She really does. She really does. See, look at this. You're on popcorn and pints. She she doesn't even give a damn. (laughs) That is one just chill dog. (laughs) Thank you, Kyle. She's not always this calm. She's usually acting nuts. (laughs) <laughs> thank you sir thank you i gotta uh i gotta i gotta be better with trying to find something to wear for a theme for these episodes i mean like i said for the girly ones i'm gonna be doing a scarf and a pair of my wife's sunglasses for all the girl episodes like the chick pics yep um and then for all the other ones to be something random if i can think of something like this but I can't do this for every single... Well, I could do this for every single episode, but I'm not going to. <laughs> the hat you guys will probably see more often. Though. I promise that. I can almost guarantee that. And maybe Lilith. Maybe you guys can see her again a couple times. I, let's see here. I gotta do all the tweeting and everything just to get the stream out there. and Then I'm ready to roll. Ready to roll. Like a bowling ball. On a biscuit driveway. On a biscuit driveway. Yeah. So, while you're doing that, Chris, what have you watched besides these movies? Have you watched been watching anything recently? Um, I finally started Invincible, felt, but uh, I started it while I was laying down at night and fell asleep 20 minutes into the first episode. <laughs> I was tired. What can I say? No. But I got to get back to that because that was pretty cool already. Oh, yeah. It starts out wild. Like It starts out strong. doesn't have too many slow moments. A lot of high-paced gore crazy you're gonna love it i don't want to spoil it for you all right i think i'm i think i reposted this everywhere i can now i finished that i finished invincible a couple weeks ago and i just finished the boys today either today or yesterday i really don't oh you haven't where you weren't caught up with the boys yet i just started why i literally just started season one like last friday or thursday and I watched all the way through it. And then I told you I was off this past Wednesday, Thursday. That's when I got through, like, finished up season one and watched the majority of season two. And just finished season two, probably at like three o'clock this morning, two, three o'clock this morning. Oh, man. And I'm just like hooked. It's, it's, it's awesome, right? Just because the, I love how graphic this is. Same with um, Invincible. I love how, how graphic and gory they are. And I love how it makes it 
both of the shows make them, even though one's animated, but make it seem like how horror, how horror heroes really would be. Yep. Because it's like, I have these fucking powers. Nobody can stop me. What are you going to do? I'm going to do what I want, and you guys are going to pay me for it, basically. And shit. Who wouldn't? No, man. And I mean, there's so much superhero stuff that has come out that now it's if you're going to do something like that, it's harder and harder to find a new aspect to take on so that people actually give a shit. And the boys did that with, you know, just gratuitous violence and sex and oh, yeah, law breaking and everything. Uh, So that's super cool. And Invincible, I actually read today. I know it's been renewed for seasons two and three, but I think the creator has it outlined for at least seven or eight seasons with all kinds of contingencies for spinoffs. Like, holy shit. I like the sound of that. I love the sound of that, actually. But uh, why don't we talk a little bit about what we're drinking tonight? Okay. And we can get into these movies. All right. Well, I have a couple. I'll just start with my my first drink. Um, This is Blue Moon. Uh, honey glaze, I believe, and it's mixed with hemparita, uh, which is like a lime flavor. Mm-hmm. CBD, it is fucking delicious. Sweet glass, yeah. That story's from a bar glass. You guys got to get one. It's fucking amazing. I got a lot of them. I am using my popcorn and pints monster mug, but uh, I'm going with some unified beer works brass knuckled ballerina New England IPA. It's a great name. That's a fucking great movie. Brass Knuckled Ballerina? Yeah, Brass Knuckled Ballerinas. I can see that being a horror movie. <laughs> like just murderous ballerinas? That'd be great. Go around kicking ass. A, a low-budget horror movie, and Bruce Campbell can be in it. Boom. There we go. I'm not going to watch that. Unified Beer Works makes make awesome stuff. So, first time watching these movies for you, right? Yes, sir. Both of them. <laughs> and, like... I, Three Amigos, I, fa- I found it funny at some moments, but it wasn't as funny as I thought it would be or I hoped it would be. And when I was reading your note, I went over the notes that you shared, and the people they had cast for it originally was who was Bill Murray, Steve Martin, and um, oh, who was the third guy? Robin Williams. Yes. That so, would have been wild. Three Amigos is interesting. Three Amigos I saw 25 years ago, and because, you know, I think it came out, was it 86, I think, or something like Yeah, 1986. So I was three when that came out. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, so I watched it 25 years ago. I watched it now, and it is not as, I mean, it's still funny, but not as not as humorous as I had hoped I had remembered. I was kind of, I was honestly thinking it was going to be similar to Blazing Saddles with the, with being offensive, but it really wasn't. Like there was, no. but not to that level. And I, I think that's why I went, I, so I went into it with the wrong kind of mindset. And I guess that's kind of what disappointed me with it. It was funny, but like I said, it wasn't hilarious to me. Um, I don't know. I just feel like that, that cast would have been perfect. That cast would have been perfect. The roles would have been, because, just Robin, just Robin Williams alone in this movie would have been perfect because he's one of those actors who can play damn near any role and steal the show, and he has like this amazing humor that just works in like everything he does. 
Oh, yeah. I'll give uh, anything Robin Williams was in. I would give a chance when it comes to watching it. But no, no, as I was putting together these notes for the casting, it was crazy because there was all kinds of cast changes. The three guys that are in it are not not none of them were original choices. I don't think. Well, no, I take that back. Steve Martin. Martin, Yeah. Uh, Chevy Chase and Martin Short. This is Martin Short's first feature film. Really? Which I had no idea. Uh, Chevy Chase, I think, I forgot if he was a last minute addition, but I was also surprised he has like the least amount of lines in this movie. Like, so I was surprised about that. You got a point. He does. I didn't even realize it or notice it until you just said that. He really didn't talk too much. Yeah, so Steve Martin had was attached to this project since 1980. So this movie, it took six years to get this movie made and put out. Uh, so it was going to be him, Dan Aykroyd, and John Belushi were the original three amigos. That would have been great, too. Of course, Belushi died before then, I think. Before 86. I don't remember when Belushi died. It was early 80s. I don't know why Aykroyd backed out. At one point, Steven Spielberg was actually going to direct this. And that's who wanted Steve Martin, Bill Murray, and Robin Williams. Mm. So, like, completely different set of director yeah. and crew. And it's hard to imagine them in these roles now, even though I think it could have been, of course, still been great. I think it would have been better. I really do. Just, again, you can replace any one of those three with Robin Williams. That movie's going to be better. I mean, Bill, I, I don't know if there is, I don't know if Bill Murray and Robin Williams were ever in the same thing, but that would have been fun to watch. Agreed. Agreed. Again, that legend, definitely a, a freaking legend. And then um, I think the last bit of casting. Yeah, so when, okay, Aykroyd became unavailable. Don't know why, but that's when Chevy Chase replaced him. And then uh, John Landis, the director, said Rick Moranis would have been cast if Martin Short wasn't available. Hmm. It's from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That's oh. literally the only movie I can ever think of. I thought he was in Pet Cemetery too, I think. He might have been. I don't remember. He may have been. But Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is what stands out. Yeah. But yeah, this is all kinds of weird casting to get this movie made. People were in and then out, and it's crazy. Uh, and I, you know, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Chevy Chase, it's a good combination. All th- I mean, they work well enough together. Mm. And the one thing I, of course, remembered from this movie most was, of course, their dance. <laughs> Oh man, seeing a little gif over here. Yep. Not even that part. Of course, the chest. <laughs> and the grind, the grind, chest and grind. Yeah, man. Bump and grind. <laughs> yep. That went there. Bump and grind, people. So, oh, one other fun cast and news. So, John Candy was originally set for the role, the intended for Belushi. But uh, he was too big to ride a horse. Mm. I love John Candy. He was great yes, he before was. he died, too. And in fact, uh, John Candy recommended Steve or Martin Short to Steve Martin. So all kinds of weird, weird shit to get in the cast. All kinds of crazy stories. It doesn't seem like that happened a lot in the 80s. And you're just like, wow, what if? For a certain role, just like, holy shit, what if? I imagine drugs played a big part in people's unavailability. That was probably the next 
drugs followed by STDs. That those were probably pretty high back then too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then maybe followed by pregnancies. <laughs> and the list just goes on and on and on. We don't have to go down the whole list, people. But uh, so times. What are some of your favorite scenes from this movie? Um. Ooh. I'd have to say one scene that stands out is when the real guys come that the guy, you know, when the, so the bar scene, when the guys like, well, you know, my friends get here, you'll know they're here. And oh when, yeah. Um, and everybody, at the bar was like, look at, look at all these sissies or whatever. They just got, sh- everybody got like, everybody got killed. The German bartender. And he was, he got up and he was like, I need a more a safer job or some shit. I just got <laughs> a little bit, but I was like, yeah, this, so I would say that scene. Um, there's nothing that I can't really think of what else really stands out. Stands out, the dancing part, the dancing grind part. Oh, the part where all three of them are riding the one horse, <laughs> that, which is actually the picture behind me over yep. here. That, and your your costume matches almost to a T. It's great. Yeah, I only you had the red tie, but I had to have the black tie because I had to stand out. You know. <laughs> Being black wasn't enough. Yeah, maybe they they should have had a black amigo. Mm-hmm. That could have been good. Could have been great. You throw Eddie Murphy in there at this time. Pryor, a Richard Pryor. Yes, you use Richard Pryor. Then you use one of the because he was like one of the craziest guys back then. Then you use one of the craziest white guys, and then you use one of the craziest Spanish guys. Boom. I don't know, man. Richard Pryor, of course, was one of the writers on Blazing Saddles. Maybe that was too much Western for him. Uh, I don't know, because Blazing Saddles was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. But If we were to jump into an early rating for uh, this movie, what would you give it? Um, I'll give it a seven. Seven? Yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, it's fun. It's funny. It's not as funny as I had remembered, of course over 25 years ago. Uh, I was always expecting a little more to laugh a little more. There's a couple great lines. Uh, One of my favorite scenes in the movie, Chevy Chase. So after they think they ran out El Guapo the first time and they have that party that night in the village, Mm -hmm. Chevy Chase is sitting there playing the guitar. Um, One of the Mexican women is talking to him, asks if, he she wants or if he wants to kiss her and he's like oh yeah and then he just goes back to playing the guitar <laughs> and she's like you, now he's like you mean right now he's like well i mean we could walk on we can get a stop and go walk on the ver- walk on the ver- and wait go somewhere and you can kiss me on the veranda he's like no the lips will be fine yeah <laughs> oh, like oh man he always has those roles like that really charming stupid guy he's the charming stupid guy who is girl i don't know confident confident stupid guy i think is a better com is it always confidence though he's he i mean he plays it as confidence because sometimes i feel like it's just to the point where it's stupidity to a point to where it's uh he just doesn't know confident stupidity there you go What's funny, like, not surprisingly, there were difficulties working with Chevy Chase from what I was reading. 
just his entire career, which is kind of a shame. Because I obviously he was huge in the eighties and nineties, and I really wonder when he'd be, you know, how long he could have prolonged that if he wasn't such an asshole in real life. From what I was reading, there's apparently a scene where he refused to tell a joke because he thought his would make his character look like a moron. So the director said uh, he finally agreed to do it after the director said he was going to give the lines to somebody else. What a dick. I'm like, okay. So what was the fucking? I mean, line you're, were, you you're, I don't know what I don't know what line he was referring to in this movie, but I'm like, you're wearing this giant sombrero, wearing this ridiculous outfit, and you're worried about your character looking like a moron. <laughs> I'm not worried at all. No, you shouldn't be. You look damn smooth. Damn right. But I mean, that's the rep Chevy Chase has. And he's not, I mean, I don't think he's a fan of most of the movies he's made, honestly. <laughs> is anybody besides, um, what is it, National Lampoons? What, a fan of Chevy, Chevy Chase's? Lampoon? National Lampoon movies are great. The vacation movies? Yeah. You know what it is with him? He's one of those actors to where, like, I won't say he's the greatest. He's not the worst. He's not the greatest. He's one of those ones where it's like, if he's in a movie, it doesn't really bother you. You're like, oh, he's in the movie. Okay, cool. Because and you you already know like what type of character he's gonna play, so you know he's gonna have certain parts that'll make you laugh or giggle or chuckle a little bit or at least smirk. And he's gonna always like cross that line or get like his tippy toes right to that line, that borderline of the jokes when it, for that era. And I like that. I love that. And especially after watching. Uh, Caddyshack. I was yeah. expecting a lot more uh, dialogue from Chevy Chase. He really doesn't have a lot to say in this movie. So I wonder how much of it was actually scripted as opposed to him just off the cuff. Uh, more, you know, like he did with Caddyshack. Mm. But from what I was reading, it, it sounds like he basically sucked, stuck to the script on this one. It didn't sound like there was a lot of... Uh, trial and error when it came to the dialogue that's good steve martin short i don't know how i feel about him i've never been martin i guess short? yeah martin short i think i've probably just been indifferent about him almost his entire career i Alex? don't like you guys know i'm terrible with actors and actors names except for a handful fuck you nicholas cage <laughs> but um what else was he in Oh, God. He's been in a lot of stuff, none of which I can, of course, remember at the moment. <laughs> Ibrahim, where are you at? You would have this answered. I know, really. Where's Ibrahim? Ibrahim and James are both missing tonight. Yeah. Our guys are missing. Maybe that's what we, we would have put that as our names, but these names are too fucking funny not to. No, man. I, I called Dusty Bottoms days ago. He did. <laughs> he really did. Dude, there was a lot of great handlebar mustache action in this movie. That's for sure. <laughs> don't you wish you had one of those mustaches i you know when i grow a beard it's i don't know man it just doesn't come in full enough it comes in like the first three weeks are terrible i gotta get through that first month before i have anything that looks remotely respectable yeah. and even then it's questionable so it's not worth keeping no like i do it every once in a while i'm like 
and it's embarrassing for those first three to four weeks. But you got to fight through that. You do. You do. Like, I don't know how people can stand, stand it long enough to grow it so far yeah. down. Like, I get bothers me. I think the longest I've gone, maybe like three months. Yeah, I, I get it, though, man. It's, I don't know. But, yeah, a lot of mustache action in this movie. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm going to give this movie, I'm going to give it a six. Six? Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm going to give it a five. Oh, drop it. It wasn't, it was okay at best for me, like, Again, I was expecting it to be a lot funnier. I think I would have, I may have found this funnier if I would have seen this before I seen Blazing Saddles. You know what? I yeah, I thought about Blazing Saddles a lot as I was watching this. Yeah, but they it was like they just like tippy toed on the line. They never went over. Or Blazing Saddles just fucking blew the line up. Like fuck this line. And these guys were like on the other side. Like they're like, hey, jump! No, 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 no. We'll just stay on this side. We're we're good. Which was cool. It's okay. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but you know, the uh, couple cheesy jokes that really cracked me up, like out of nowhere. Uh, so after they come out of the cantina mm-hmm. and doing their little dance, there's the airplane that flies over. He's like, "Hey, look, it's a mail plane. Uh, <laughs> it must be a mail plane. Can't you see the little balls?" <laughs> I knew where you were going with that. I was like, oh, shit. Did they have to talk about the balls? Yeah, man. Oh, she's knocked out on my lap. That's some shit. Oh, there's that. And then, of course, uh, when they still think they're going to get the 100,000 pesos and they're all laying in bed before going to bed that night, and they're like, what are you going to do with the money? Uh, Steve Barr and Chevy Chase say ridiculous stuff. And then Ned's like, I'm going to start a charity for children. <laughs> and then the other two, oh yeah, yeah, we were gonna do that too. We were gonna do that first, and then do the stuff we just mentioned. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, that movie was just—it had its parts for me. It had its parts, um, but like I said, it wasn't as funny as I was a little disappointed in the comedy of it. It wasn't as funny as I was hoping it would have been. But you know, I'm glad I watched it. I can say that. And then, uh, of course, you sons of a motherless goat. That line cracked me up. Or they they still think they're acting. Yes, this you know what this movie may have been more enjoyable too, if it was this and with uh, Tropic Thunder, just because of a similar thing where they think they're acting but they're really in these scenes like mm-hmm. real life situations. Yeah, we got a real random mix this week, but uh, scenario wise, yeah, they're actors that don't know they're doing something real for half this movie, and then they find out. When he gets shot, which is great. I like just uh, the scene where they realize that it's real and they're not there to put on a show, I thought was really great. Actually, that might be my favorite scene of the movie. Uh, one of them, at least. After Steve Martin gets shot and he goes up to the guys, checks his gun, takes out the bullet, and he's patting him, realizing, oh, shit. <laughs> and then he goes back to tell Chevy Chase and Martin Short, and they're trying to fight back tears. And they're like, what are we doing here? <laughs> yep. It, the funny part about that too is when he told the guy to give him his gun and he took the bullet. He's like, I'm keeping this. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Like those guys are just looking at him like they're so confused, especially when they first came, the three of them first came. 
three amigos come out of the bar or whatever. They get on the horses and they're riding around in circles, shooting the prop guns in the air, just shooting in the air, running around in circles. And the guys run off confused. Mm-hmm. That part, that part was pretty funny. That might have been one of my funniest, one of the funniest parts for me. The uh, what about the scene where they're on their way to El Guapo's village and then they cut to them around the campfire? Like that is the fakest desert backdrop setting I have ever seen in my life. I could have did better with my fucking green screen. I know, man. Like the to the cactuses and everything. I'm like, what? They everything looks like it's made from paper mache, and they're just literally someone hand painted a screen behind them. Like, wow! But then they're singing that song, and like the animals, like the horses, started humming along. <laughs> like that was kind of funny. Yeah, it was. It was like I said, it had its parts, but yeah, it was okay. Oh, and the like the um, the one thing that I think t- made it took it a level too far ridiculous was the sin in Bush and then accidentally shooting, even though I laughed, the invisible swordsman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, like, how was I supposed to know where he was supposed to be? He was like, you're all shooting up. You were supposed to shoot up. Uh, and again, that's that's Chevy Chase's type of role. Do something stupid. Oh, yeah. Something up all the time. But he's confident when he does it. Very. Very confident. That stupid confidence that he has. But hey, man, it works. It works for him, though. It works. I'm not mad at him. The um, another thing I noticed is they were like flying the plane, the German plane, in their escape scene back to the village. In oh. uh, one part of the flight, where they show it kind of tilted, going by some greener hills, you can see wires holding up the plane. <laughs> like clear, it almost looked like fishing line. Because it had a reflection, but you could clearly see the wires. They couldn't hide it. Okay, let me see if I can get somebody to come get you, Willis. <laughs> so you can go to bed. Dog is passing out. Yeah, she was knocked out on my lap. Oh. I could put you on a stool. <laughs> Hang on. Can't believe James and Ibrahim got to m- missed out on this one. This was James's movie too. I know. Hey, Gabriel, can you do me a favor and come up in the attic and grab Lilith and bring it down to your mom, please? I'm in the middle of recording, or I would. I'm gonna put you on the stool, so if he does come up here, you can just grab the girl. Ah, uh, technology. Yes, I love it. You're okay. And then, uh, of course, towards the end of the movie where they break into El Guapo's camp, uh, mm-hmm. Chevy Chase, knock, well, he doesn't knock out the guard, but the Carmen, the girl they're rescuing does, and he puts on the poncho and everything. I did crack up when he's standing there in the crowd at the party and talking to El Guapo as El Guapo is trying to remember stuff. <laughs> and he's like, and he's just filling in the lines. He's like, rape the horses. That had me laugh. That was probably the funniest part of the movie for me. Because he was just yelling a bunch of random shit. Yeah. And then El Grappo was yelling it. And then we and then with the women, the women wrote off on the women. <laughs> I you know what was funny? I tried to find a, a gif or a gif, whatever the hell you call it, of them like him yelling and then the word saying rape the horses because <laughs> that was going to be the original jit but I couldn't find one 
And I didn't feel like trying to make one up. Well, no, but like surprisingly, that line was kind of like the most X-rated line of the movie. Like, I know. That's... You know what would have been some shit is if they said rape the horses and Tom Green comes running out of nowhere. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. I would have had to turn I'll the movie off. I'll do it. <clears throat> that would have been hilarious, though. I would have laughed. Because your anger and your rage would have been... Ah, I would have been so angry. I would have been laughing so hard. I don't, I don't think he was out of Canada in 1986. So the good old days. But and one thing I noticed as they were sewing like all the extra costumes and stuff like that, those sewing scenes, I'm like I did not see one actual hem. No hemline anywhere. <laughs> as they were sewing all those costumes. They made... Hey, this... How you think I got mine? There they you go. Either. They made the hat, shirt, straight from X. The pants. Wow, you're wearing the pants too, huh? I didn't even have to wear the pants, but I'm just like, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this right. Go all out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about this. But um, I guess we can jump into Legally Blonde. I'm gonna spin the wheel first. Yes, let's do that. Spin that oh. Wheel. And I think one last chuckle I had in the movie, of course, at the end where they're kind of saying goodbye. And then uh, the beautiful woman steps out from the crowd is Martin Short's quick little love interest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that made me laugh. Oh, yeah. That. Uh, almost ready. And let's go. Wheel of Destiny, baby. We haven't gotten black movies at Wheel of Destiny. Let's make this happen now. We've done, we've hit it once, didn't we? Mm-mm. We haven't hit it at all. Nope. We haven't hit that or the Wheel of Hate. We're gonna do two thousands again, man. Uh, this is literally like four or five weeks in a row. Is this thing broken? They better not be. You're about to go downstairs now, girl. Don't start barking. Oh, good. Thank you, good sir. Like, something's up with this wheel. I think it's... My dog's passed out on the couch, so... (laughs) She's about to be passed out on the couch, or wherever my wife is. All right, here we go. It's getting easier to see what's on this wheel. That's how I know we've hit it so many times. This one and the OG one we've been hitting, I feel. Uh, This one's been like four out of the last five weeks. Oh, my name is Bruce on the Anchorman? No. What is this? Dogville? Three ninjas. That's my pick. Oh, wait, no, that says three nice guys. Three, it says three dogs. What the hell is this? This must be an Ibrahim movie. It has to be. Ibrahim, <clears throat> you better be here for this shit next week, man. The The Nice Guys was my pick. That's supposed to be a good movie, though. I haven't seen it, though. You've never seen it? Uh, Not The Nice Guys. I haven't seen Dogville, either. I don't even know what the hell that is. Me either. I've never even heard of that I shit. I better not have to sign up for Criterion again. <laughs> I know. Oh, Heat. The Heat. 
feel like this was a James movie. Yep. <laughs> the two that aren't here this week, it picked their fucking movies. Ain't that some shit? The Heat. I don't even. How, how is this even on? <laughs> what the hell's up with James? It came out during those times. And that's all I got. Wow. Dogville in the Heat. That'll be an interesting show. That's going to be very interesting. I have no idea what either one of Well, no, I know the Heat's like a comedy buddy female cop movie thingamabob thing. Hey, I mean, I like Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, I liked it. What was that show she was in? Um, Mike and Molly? That was, yeah. I thought that was a funny show. <clears throat> I, I, did, I didn't watch. I mean, I saw parts of it that were pretty funny, but I never watched the whole thing or anything like that. Yeah, but I, I'll check out. Well, obviously, I have to check out the movies. I have to fucking watch it to review it. But <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we're doing next week, guys. <sighs> and again, if man, I don't want to have to sign up for Criterion or juggle technology so that I have to download a separate fucking Make closed a caption file to play <laughs> to play it. This movie better be in English. Let's just say that. I don't mind if it's subtitled, especially if it's easy to find. I don't mind if it's subtitled. And I'm telling you guys right now, what I've been learning about myself. Thank you. Facebook user, whoever that is. If you wanted your name and picture to show up, click that top link for restream. What's the movies for next Saturday? I forgot already. Dogville and the Heat. Dogville and the Heat are what we're doing next Saturday. Dogville and the Heat. So, yeah, those are going to be some some interesting ones. I've never seen either one of them, but I know the Heat's supposed to be like a comedy. have not seen either. So that'll be fun. But uh, I guess we can jump right into Legally Lee Blonde? Blonde. And let's jump into ratings before we even uh, before we even dive into this. I, uh, you know what? I'm going to back to just, uh, I'm going to change my rating to three amigos, just quick six. I'm going to give that a six. Okay. Okay. Uh, Legally Blonde, I'm going to do six and a half. Mm. I actually enjoyed this surprisingly more than I thought I would. Me too. And it, but <clears throat> the funny thing was, and I'll be really quick with you guys, I'm going to give it a seven. But the funny thing was with this was like, it was one of those movies to where it was so fucking predictable. Like, oh, yeah. You know, her and the boyfriend break up. He leaves her because basically he has to do better, you know, get smart, whatever. And it's funny how when, like, they're talking to their parents, like how his parents, like, you need somebody smarter. Looks don't matter. You need somebody smarter. You need to marry a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. And her parents, her parents are like, you need someone that looks good. You're pretty. You can do this, this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Being a lawyer is for ugly people or some shit like that. And it was the cool thing about it was it was kind of breaking her out of that stereotype, that stereotypical mold. She still had some of the qualities, of course, but they ended up working in her favor with the whole knowing the one guy was gay because he knew the shoes, which I'm not going to say just gay guys, no shoes. I'm sure there's a lot of guys who have foot fetishes that no shoes. <laughs> Henry and James. Uh, James. No, I mean, like as predictable. It's James. 
There he is. James is chiming in on the comments. James, really quick, if you watched both of these movies, what are your ratings for The Three Amigos and what are your ratings for Legally Blonde while me and Chris keep uh, talking about No, like, Legally Blonde, like, to the movie's credit, obviously it's, you know, just your predictable, fairly predictable story, but it was, was, I mean, a little deeper than you think story-wise because, I mean, it shows... Yeah, it's women, a women's empowerment movie. Like it shows you can be into, you know, that stereotypical little bit of fashion stuff, but still bust your ass to be a top notch, uh, get your way through law school and better yourself. And yeah, it's yeah. like that. And I thought, I mean, Reese Witherspoon was great. She's smoking hot. That's for sure. Uh, it's funny. Have you seen a picture of her with her daughter? Because they look like exact twins. I have not. She has her daughter's at least a teenager and they look almost identical. That's some strong fucking genes. (laughs) Strong fucking genes. Plus, like, oh, go ahead. I'll say my part. I was just gonna say, there's a lot more actors in this movie that I knew than I thought I would. Oh, wow. James. Okay, so James, let's. He meant to say blonde people, legally blonde. He gave that a four out of ten. Legally blind. Blonde, he says. And three amigos, he gave that a seven out of ten. Interesting. I can see why though. But like Well, that I'll, was his pick. Well, I'll say both of both of these movies I wouldn't like go pick out and watch. Um I feel like Three Amigos would have been funny. Like with the cast we mentioned. I say either with the cast that was mentioned that should have, you know, that was supposedly supposed to be the cast at first or who was offered to at first, either them or you have a Hispanic, an African-American and a Caucasian character as the three amigos, just because it would and kind of poke fun at each race. But you know what I mean? But like the other guys kind of poking fun without saying racial slurs and all that. I'm again, like a blazing styles, but toned down more, but not like just taking the heart out of it. That's what I feel like they did with the amigos. No, three of me. I mean, I'm glad I watched it just so I could remember what it yeah. was. I was ex- I'm really quick. I'm changing my rating from a five to a four for three amigos. Wow. And I'm still, uh, well, like I said, I was for sorry. I just was expecting a few more laughs or even some more innuendo and stuff like that. Same here. Well, legally blonde. I, I enjoyed legally blonde. Like I said, more than I thought I would. I, I mean, it was just a kind of a mindless fun. Yeah, movie to watch, but like there are a lot of jokes packed into this, and it's pretty fast paced when it came to that, which I was, which kind of surprised me too. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder how much they played up the ditziness when it came to like the sorority scenes at the beginning and stuff like that with the actresses. I'm sure. I, I'm sure to an extent, but I, I liked how. Okay, three meals. James said he grew up on it. I respect that answer, James. Actually, that's <clears throat> that's one of those answers that is like the honest to God truth, so to speak. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you grew up, you have like that. You watched it in your childhood. Like for me, the Friday the 13th movies, for example, The Last Dragon, shit like that. You have it in your childhood. So in your childhood, that movie's damn near fucking perfect. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And you watch it as an adult and you see like you see the the. uh the mess ups, I'll say. So it's, I can't think of a better term. You see the mess ups because of the internet and all that other bullshit, but you still love those movies. It doesn't bother you at all. You're like, fuck it. I still love it. it still brings me back to that nostalgic era. So I, I get it. But oh, yeah, yeah. 
four and legally blonde even though it was predictable for the most part it was that it was those movies in that era no matter what the scenario is you know boyfriend girlfriend breakup girl can't get the guy can't get the girl girl can't get the guy they either get that person or they get somebody better um let's just throw in a, a little chunk of the story as well with that this of course legally blind legally blonde blonde hair going to be a lawyer everybody's doubting her doubting her she proves her doubter is wrong and she uses a lot of her intuition and like gut feeling and just being a, a, a good person to figure out something to that case with was it brooke taylor yep why do i remember this movie so fucking well <laughs> <laughs> but we gotta we, we gotta discuss this chris like why am i so passionate about these movies like, i don't know man like it's legally blonde i one thing that really helped me enjoy it more than I thought it would was, like I said, I legit knew almost all of the actors in this. Like, it surprised me how many were in this. I knew Luke Wilson was in it. I knew Reese Witherspoon, of course. Uh, but, like, her boyfriend that breaks up with her in the movie is the main character on a show called Vampire Diaries. Yeah. Uh, which I've seen all of that, so I knew him from there. Uh, Allie Larder, they're, you know, the client they're defending. I've known, seen her in a lot of stuff. Uh, even the woman that at the nail salon doing Reese Withers Witherspoon's nails in the movie is that Stifler's mom, I think, from American Pie. I think so. Like, there's just a lot of actors. Of course, Selma Blair too. But like, I knew all the actors. What uh, what we got here? A Red's Apple Ale. Red's Apple Ale, yes, sir. Mixed with some hamperita, and it's fucking delicious. Now, what this does with the hamperita, the CBD in it, it cuts down on the sweetness of the reds and gives it that lime flavor with the, and it just is perfect. I had some last time <laughs> and I'll be gaming against like, but, and before we, I actually, before we talk into or get into more detail on some of these scenes, the way like this is, Oh no. You remember <laughs> the scene that you jerked off. To? Yeah. James is, James is taking this to the next level. What movie are you talking about? James? Before I think I, he's talking. He's talking Three Amigos. Clearly, uh, I didn't talk to Three Amigos <laughs> or Legally Blonde. Nah, but go ahead, Chris. My fault. So, Legally Blonde's based on a true story from a book a uh, woman wrote who mm. was this character basically. Uh, so she ended up, from what I could tell, the outline of Legally Blonde originated from uh, Amanda Brown's book. So her experiences of being blonde, going to Stanford Law School, and still being obsessed with fashion and everything like that. Like Reese Witherspoon's character is named after Elle magazine because that's what the creator was into. Makes sense. Makes sense. But uh, and I, there was one particular story I wrote down because I thought it was hilarious. And they even make reference to it in the movie. So the, the Amanda Brown who wrote who the movie's based on and wrote the book and everything. She mm-hmm. had a statement in one interview saying it was her first week of law school in 1993. She saw a flyer for the women in Stanford law. So she wanted to go meet some nice girls or whatever she thought she was going to meet. Uh, so she went to the meeting and there, <laughs> these were not women. These were really angry people. The women who were leading the group spent three years at Stanford trying to change the name semester to Ovester. And they made that joke in the movie there where, Yes. At the party. Uh, she started laughing and realized everyone in the room took it seriously. Yeah. So she didn't make any friends there, she said. I would have been laughing my fucking ass. I would have been in So that was, that, was, that was a legit thing. That's fucking awesome. 
Alvester. How many Alvesters would you give this movie? Still going to give it a seven. Matter of fact, I'm going to give it an eight because of that. I'm, I'll stick I'm, with my six and a half. I'm stick with my seven. I'm going to stick with my seven. I was, I was jumping the gun. But it, it was, uh, I'll say this about this movie, because I remember I gave Sex in the City a seven as well. I feel like this is no Sex in the City. And the reason why I say that is because there's nothing to debate, really. Like, we're not going to bring this movie up again. Sex no. in the City, we're still going to bring up. I'm bringing it up now. It wasn't a little girl's fault. Not all her fault. Or you're wrong. It's a good thing Ibrahim's not here or you'd be setting him off. I, I, I wish he was here. James, you... <laughs> but, no, uh, but that's... I mean, that's how this story for the movie came together in the book. Uh, you know, Brown, who was the person, again, wrote all these letters to her parents with all her experiences... Uh, originally thought about writing just a book of essays, her law school experience about her experience there. And then I guess a literary agent saw them and suggested, you know, the book and the movie. She took a class, put together a screenplay, and that was it. There was literally a bit in war, and this just blew up. Wow. I mean, it's again, like I said, it's, it's your typical movie. It's the, it was that era. What is this? A two thousands movie. It was that era where you had 2001. Yeah. The, you know, you had a city with the beautiful weather, some good looking people throw in a, a little cheesy storyline, blah, blah, blah. They're successful in their storyline and whatever. But I don't know. It was, it was done right though. Because no, I mean, it taught the, I guess it, in a sense, I guess this movie was teaching a lesson of not to judge people, not to judge people by their how they look, you know, not to judge a book by its cover. But yeah, it was, you know, it was all right. Like I said, I gave it a seven, though. I don't know why. But I mean, obviously, the movie's like, yes, she's, she, and she talks about it in the movie. No one's ever going to see me more as just a blonde with big boobs. And they're like, you got to, and she goes on to prove people wrong, of course, by, you know, winning the trial, graduating law school and everything like that. But that's not the movie that the studio wanted to make. <clears throat> it basically just kind of, from what I was reading, uh, first off, Reese Witherspoon wasn't the main choice at the time. Like the director wanted Reese Witherspoon, mm-hmm. but I guess they, uh, the studio was into like Charlize Theron, Gwyneth Paltrow, Alicia Silverstone, all kinds of other people were all considered for the role, but the, it was the director that straight up said it was Witherspoon or not. Really quick, Silver, Silver, Alicia, she played uh, Batgirl, right? Am I correct? Yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sure. But, like, when the studio first greenlit the project, they weren't aware that the film was structured uh, kind of like as a feel-good women's empowerment movie. Like, they thought it was straight up going to be much more just wet t-shirt boobs and type movie uh-huh. that it actually turned out to be i wish it, i wouldn't have been mad at that but um <laughs> no it's it i mean all joking aside though it is good that it is a, a woman's empowerment movie oh yeah just because it's important to do that even with the jokes and all that and you know and it, this is one of those movies to me though that's like 2000s like the you know what i mean it, it, it's it's stuck in that era to me, I could be wrong. To me, I'm sure there's fans of this movie. I mean, no disrespect, but it's, to me, it's stuck in that era where they had like the the teeny bopper girly music, the cheesy little dances, the the snap and pop, whatever the fuck they were doing in the the salon or nail plate. I don't know, wherever they were doing when they're bending down and doing this bullshit. The bend and snap, baby. Bend and snap. 
the yeah. bend and snap. <clears throat> and, you know, just little corny scenes like that, but it was in that era for these movies. Like, all the movies that came out in the 2000s had this. When uh yeah, one scene that really cracked me up is uh when she decides to go to law school, she's sitting in the salon flipping through that magazine, she comes across that like engagement announcement of her now ex-boyfriend's brother and his fiance. And she's like <laughs> she's looking at the magazines, decides to go to law school. She's like, that's what I've got to be. And then the older woman next to her sees the picture and goes, What a monster. <laughs> yes. Yes. Or practically deformed. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. That cracked me up. And there, there was a lot of that in this movie. As far as like, there's a lot of great jokes in this movie. Yeah, the, a lot like like a lot of the superficial bullshit. But I like how they made a joke about it, but then also like made fun of that joke at the same like being that way at the same time. But it, you know, it was it was all right. It was an okay or the. I really enjoyed like the video essay scenes that she put together for her Harvard admissions video. <laughs> Those were pretty funny. And all the old dudes is watching a, a young girl. Let's say she's what? Fred, what is she out of high school? 18. I mean, she's already in college to some extent. Oh. So she's got to be 20, 21. Okay. So she's 20, 21. Let's say she's 21. Yeah. Makes sense. The uh, the line where they're watching that video and they're like, she she created faux fur panties. She's not only a friend to animals, but all, as well as a philanthropist. <laughs> what? That's what I was getting at. Those old guys basically were just like, she looks great. Let's get her in here. Basically, like, why not? What's what's the worst that can happen? Give out the scholarship. Her dog. I uh, big fan of her dog, Bruiser. I thought the salon scene was pretty good. Where uh, they're going down the salon, and then Bruiser is also under one of those hair things with the oh, tin foil on his head. Yes, yes, just chilling. Thought that, yeah, that was funny. Uh, I don't know the last time I've seen, I've actually watched anything Luke Wilson was in either. Oh, speaking of Luke Wilson, remember the remember the line where he said something about how would I look as a blonde, and then she said you wouldn't. Yep. Look. I forgot what the exact line, but I just started. I ch- that made me chuckle a little bit. Yeah, like, that was a joke about Owen Wilson. Ah, I was gonna see what you did there. Oh, that's the other Wilson. They look a lot. Yep. Well, they are brothers. <clears throat> yeah, it's true. And oh, another scene that I thought was fantastic is, of course, where uh, like the real dorky guy is asking the girl out and she starts making fun of him. Reese Witherspoon hears it and then turns around and that- yells at him for not calling him and slaps him for like mm-hmm. The best night of sex she's ever had, basically, and it worked. <laughs> and it like worked. that was great. It was. It was funny, and it, it showed you how she was as a person. Like she was always a kind-hearted person, even if she was like kind of preppy and stuck up. She wasn't mean. Like she wasn't. She never looked down on people. From what I, from what you get from this movie, no. I no, I mean it's a it's a fun character that you root for. There's a lot of jokes. And, you know, it's if you're looking for just something to watch and feel good about, I think that's that's what this movie is. No more, no less. I could say that. I could say that. I wouldn't watch either one of them again unless I had to for a podcast, though. They're not something that's like, oh, fuck, I need to go back to this. This is fucking hilarious. Whatever. They didn't grab. I mean, were you were you practicing your bend and snap while watching this? Nah, 
No, nah, I probably should have. Val would probably made me like a little bit more. Because like the scene where uh, she breaks the UPS's guy's nose, that was pretty good. That was funny. <laughs> bending and snap. I would have passed out bending and snapping like that. Man, it's hot up here. <laughs> uh, could be the costume. Little, I'll say it's both. I'll say it's definitely a little bit of both because this costume, like this, I have this. This is the jacket, and I have this fake Velcro shirt on the pants. <laughs> but, so the of course the film ends with you know her winning that trial, uh, which you know you know it's coming. You know it's predictable, just like most of the outcomes from this movie. Like, you know, she wins this trial, which is predictable. She, the boyfriend comes crawling back and she turns him down, which, of course, is predictable. The uh, ooh, phone is about to die. I'll be back next Saturday. You better be Buttercup. I know, man. Call him Buttercup, Chris. Buttercup. There you go. J- James Buttercup Guynip, right? Guynap? Yep, there there you go. That's your, that's your name next week, James. James Buttercup Guynip. The Horror Research 30 and Popcorn and Pints. <laughs> You gotta be responsible yeah. for your actions. Indeed. No, but you know this movie has the predictable outcomes you expect. But what I enjoyed about at least the courtroom scene, like I thought it was knew it was coming. I was you were just kind of waiting for that switch to flip where she goes from like nervous, like confident, she to confident. And I thought it was a good switch once smart that she triggered. Yeah, smart confident. You know, once the perm hair, curly perm hair triggered her train of thought and then she was confident and just kind of attacked the witness. I don't know. I thought it built, had a real nice build to it and you know, with the payoff right there. And honestly, I mean, as corny as this movie was, like I said, I did give it a seven. It worked because it was like, it it was like that progression and it was like her intelligence matched, like her intelligence as far as being a lawyer and also being a good human being matched like her fashion intelligence. Like it did boom, like boom, boom, like, the shoes, one. The guy knew the shoes. He knew when they came out. This, that, and the third. And she was like, he's, he's gay. And then uh, there was some other shit. I forgot what exactly. But there was just certain things that just clicked them. Po- oh, like you said, the, the hair, the perm. And she was like, why would you get your hair? You wouldn't get your hair wet because blah, 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 blah. You had the gun. You killed your dad. And I'm just like, holy shit. And, the, you know, of course, credit to Reese Witherspoon. That was some good acting to go from that super nervous state to super confident and attack yeah. like that. That was some good acting on her end. Uh, and of course the movie ends with, you know, them winning the case or graduating law school. That wasn't the original ending though. So what? the original, the original ending was, you know, they win the case and then she just kisses Luke Wilson's character basically on the stairs out of the courthouse. And then they show her back at Harvard starting her own law cl- club or something like that. Uh, that was the original and test audiences hated it like yes there's a little bit of a romance there but it's not supposed to be like a romantic comedy type thing yeah like so that's why that's so they went back and kind of reshot that uh graduation scene and everything i think while she was working on another movie in london or something like that oh wow so yeah so they kind of reshot that the graduation at the end was a reshoot which I think lends itself to the you know theme of the movie better. I think that was the right thing to do, more of the empowerment type theme than you know romantic comedy. 
Yep, and then they have the little, you know how some movies they go off, they tell you, they tell you like what everybody's doing. Like she ends up marrying what Luke Wilson's character. Uh, the, was it the scenario was he was going to propose that night? I haven't seen. Obviously, we haven't seen the sequel because there's a second one, and there's going to be a third one. I think coming out next year from the latest I read. And they're not on the wheels, people. So nope. Don't expect us to review those in this. No. Uh, what else was it? The Bend and Snap. I thought, yeah, that was. I think that is a uh, a trademark of this movie is that Bend and Snap scene. Yeah, and I'm sure people. I'm sure back in that day, people were doing that. Probably more girls than guys, of course, but I'm sure they were and doing whatever. I admittedly didn't see like the professor hidden on her. I didn't see that coming. And then, of course, when it happened, I'm like, oh yeah, I should I should have seen that coming. After she was doing really well in like her internship position, and I I think the move the one spot where this movie kind of really fails is trying to humanize Selma Blair's character, like the stuck up bitch to trying to transition her to more of a friend. I like you. They did it. They were you. It was like bitchy throughout the whole thing. No, but like there was really no progression there. It was like real st- like one day she's, you know, they're rivals and then, you know, at the end of the movie this description says they've become best friends. You see her soften just a little in certain scenes, but I still th- I legit thought that was, you know, a plan to dick Reese Witherspoon's character over. I didn't see it as her actually softening to and becoming friends with Reese Witherspoon's character. Maybe it's one of those things where they thought about doing that, and then they're just like, you know what? It might be a little bit too much, and we can't really fit it in there to make it really sound good. And I don't, I don't know. But either way works, I guess. But I see what you're saying. Like Her, her character changed a little bit, but not too much to where it was really, really believable. Like... Yeah, they they didn't. I don't think they really developed her change of heart that well. A perfect scene of it is when the fucking um, the professor is hitting on the chick, and she thinks that the girl's flirting with him. She doesn't even. She just looks in there and sees his hand on her leg, and he's saying whatever the hell he's saying to her. She doesn't see her her response at all. That was one, and then two, which you could kind of say was wrong, even more so if it was a guy that was standing there that would be wrong. Is she didn't intervene? Like, hey, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. I mean, especially with the whole, you know, Me Too culture. That's why I said that. I look like I'm in both these fucking posters, don't I? I look like I'm like <laughs> right in front of them. You guys see the glass right there? I see it. I can't look. I go behind it now. There you go. <laughs> oh, man, but, you know, like I said, I just kind of a fun, mindless movie to watch. You know, it's got some good jokes in it. Fairly, I, a little, I, fairly fast paced, and you know, some good I, acting. Yeah, it wasn't terrible acting. It wasn't terrible acting. <clears throat> um, again, like I said, I would never. I probably I won't watch either one of these movies again. Uh, they're not terrible, but they're just not. They're not my type of movie. They're not funny enough for me to go watch it, and they're not like. I guess they're not funny enough, and they're not serious enough. If you, as crazy as that may sound. For me to go back, like, oh shit, that was a really deep story. I guess that's a better way of saying it for seriousness. But it wasn't. They just weren't funny enough. They weren't good enough for me to go back and watch them. Um, they don't get the surf thirty stamp of approval. <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never tell you not to watch a movie though. Like, 
I feel, hey, if you're a person who likes movies or loves movies, watch anything. Give it at least one shot. You might love it. You might hate it, but you'll never not know. Whatever. That's true. A little drunk. Well, I'm a little high. (laughs) It's the sombrero. It is. It's holding in the heat. Something's holding in the heat. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Oh, shit. I don't know, man. Those were all my thoughts on those movies. Yeah, so what's your final rating for Legally Blonde? You leaving it at a six? Yeah, six and a half. Six and a half. And I'm sticking with a seven. Other movie, Three Amigos, I'm giving it a four. Um, We're going to just about wrap it up then. I guess I can let you guys know what I'm going to be doing. And then, yeah, Yeah. show plugs. But uh, What is going on with Horror with Sir Sturdy? So, midnight tonight. Eastern time, which technically say Sunday, I will be playing Resident Evil 7 Biohazard again, streaming live. Lovely people out there. And uh, yeah, we're doing that tonight ish. And really quick, I just want to pop this up here. There we go. Live shows Tuesdays and Thursdays. Nine o'clock Eastern Time Horror Source Thirty live show of popcorn and pints Saturday nine o'clock Eastern Time. Also, I should have thrown this one up. Boom! There's a where you can find all four of the shows. There it is. Oh, boom, 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 boom! So you guys go there, you check all these out, you hit that sub, that like, that subscribe, that follow, all that stuff. Just do it all, and check out these amazing shows. You will be entertained by every single one of them. I mean, it's what we do, guys. It's what we do. We love it. Fun stuff. Hell yeah. Hot stuff. So what do you have coming up, Chris? So I recorded a new episode today at a a new brewery in Del Mar, uh, the Warbler Brewery. I had a fun time chatting and drinking with the owner there. (laughs) That episode I'll have coming out next weekend, probably. Um. That's what I've got coming up. I got to start doing some more virtual happy hours and things like that. So keep an eye out on the stories from a bar Facebook, uh, the stories from a bar Instagram and Twitter at stories FAB on Twitter. And uh, yeah, give us a like and a shout out and a follow and all that fun stuff. Oh, hell yeah. What he just said. And I'll just throw this back up there again. There's all of our social medias and stuff. But um, yeah. Just, again, give us all a like, a follow, all that good stuff. Hit that share button a couple times if you don't mind. And just keep tuning in. Be entertained. Next week, we're doing Dogville and... The Heat. The Heat. I'll get it. Don't worry, I'll get it. (laughs) People, I do want to say thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening, whatever. Past, present, future. We greatly appreciate it. Peace, peace, peace. Dusty Bottoms out. Yes, Senor Sturdy. Oh, oh wait, yeah. over here. Dusty Bottoms. Adios, amigos. <laughs>